Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. Okay, I know this podcast sounds a little different, but actually, I'm in Milan with the the wonderful Gary Hayes, and we're at the uh, Next Gen ATP Tennis Finals, which is for the 21-year-olds and under, the best in the world, and we're here to watch them compete. So nobody is at the office back in England who can do the podcast. So we thought we'd better do one, because otherwise you aren't going to hear our dulcet tones for weeks. Anyway, Gary, good to see you. How are you? I'm good, Kerry. All the better for having shared a uh, two-hour plane journey with you. Oh, that's so sweet. Not really. I'm glad we have separate hotel rooms, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit strange when you knocked on my door at two o'clock this morning. What was more strange is when you came to the door wearing nothing but a towel. (laughs) Thank you. There was a towel involved, that's all. But anyway... What would Andy have thought? Uh, Andy would have been outraged, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, do excuse the noise, because we are actually in the, the arena where the tournament is about to start in one hour's time, and people are actually still nailing down the seats here. It's quite amusing. It wouldn't be Italy if it was organised, would it? I don't know. It wouldn't know. be Italy if you had a coffee machine in your room. Well, that's true. And this is a, a moot point, because actually Gary had a coffee machine in his room, and I didn't. And I agree with the uh, Neapolitan concierge. Sometimes in life you're lucky, and sometimes you're not. Yeah, well, that is exactly what he said. Well, we'll see what happens when we get back tonight. Anyway, we should uh, go on to Chelsea matters. Uh, It's been a busy old time. We had the... I suppose we should go back to last week. Chelsea played... uh, There's a scaffolding. There goes some scaffolding, yeah. Um, Health and safety. But we we should go back to last week. It was Frank's return to to Chelsea for the Derby County and the Carabao Cup, which sounds so much more exotic than it actually is. Um, Were you you looking forward to Frank's return to Stamford Bridge? I was, so much so. It's the first game I've gone to this season. Ah, and did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Um, Obviously, it was Jodie Morris was back and... Uh, for Kyo Tomori and uh, Mason Mount played as well. 
it was an interesting game because um, I, I wrote a piece for the Athletic before, just about how sort of teeing it up in that the game was more than a cup tie. It was almost, I know it's premature, but it's almost like a an early audition for for Lampard coming back as as a manager at some point, you know, which is the the, the dream and the ultimate goal that, that Chelsea fans have got for him and I, I just thought it was interesting the way that he conducted himself before he was very respectful about the club without you know um, marginalising the Derby fans you know um, he said a lot of good things about Chelsea but all, always brought it back to the fact that he was Derby manager um, but then obviously when his team played football I thought they were a better team on the night as well it was interesting, wasn't it? It was a bit of a mixed bag, the Chelsea side. Um, people got a, a start. And I think a lot of people got on the cases of quite a few Chelsea players during the, during the game, which, <coughs> excuse me, which kind of shocked me, really, because the centre of defence, you've got Christensen, who, let's face it, isn't popular with a lot of people because he's been moaning about not being in the first team and that he needs to get away. And you've got Gary Cahill, supposedly there's sounds out of him about not being too happy, but... Neither of them have played very much, and they actually did look rusty. And I've, I've maintained that the centre of defence, out of all the players who don't play regularly, it's the one place you can be caught out, and it's really noticeable if you haven't been playing too much. Yeah, and I think that's where match fitness comes into it. You know, the, a lot of the time people think match fitness is how far someone can run, but it's not. It's about how switched on players are, and regardless of whether you're playing against championship players or Premier League players that you're not going to be as mentally in tune because what you think about is you know you know early on in the season after pre-season that everyone's had games and not everyone's had all the games and there's some disjointed performances at times and you get some strange results you know especially like Chelsea last season with Burnley for instance um, and it's sort of like the start of the season again for these players where they don't play for so long but they're training they have their behind closed doors matches and then suddenly they're, they're thrust into a first team match and they're playing against a derby side that you know the way they were playing the movement of the front three you know I was sat in your seats obviously and you could see it and you, you could see the movement of those players that Christensen and Cahill were having trouble picking them up but obviously it's impacted by the fact that the midfield trio was different you know that the left back and right back were different so, you know, it, it was a disjointed performance from a disjointed side, which you sort of expect. But I think on the whole, though, I was just really impressed with the way Derby was set up, the way that they pressed Chelsea at times, and, you know, the way that Lampard and Morris got the teams playing in the way that, you know, you hear these former players talking on BT Sport or Match of the Day, and they come across so well, and they, they talk a good game, and then it's almost seeing that in practice, because that is the first time I've seen them live without it being on TV, and it, I was really impressed. And what, what amazed me was they did something that pretty much no side has done regularly through a match against us. They've broken down those inside channels of the defence when we're pushing up high, like nobody else did. And it, it wasn't just because it was Christensen and Cahill. They, got it, they were passing well, they were running into space really well, and they showed intelligent thought can create an awful lot of opportunities and actually they were very very unlucky in a lot of ways it, it was interesting as well because you talk about that and you see that's that's training ground stuff that's drilling players on you know getting them in position and getting them to understand how to play football and they're, they're not the best players which is why they're in the championship but they're players that are young and hungry with something to prove and there are you know a few English players in there as well and I think that it was just interesting seeing that applied, seeing that theory from what Lampard and Morris are preaching. And, you know, it was, it was similar to, to the way Morris had the, the under-21s playing, you know, before, um, you know, when he went on such a great run, having inherited that team from Joe Edwards. And 
obviously it's, it's different, but you could see the similarities in there, and especially the fact that he's got Mason Mount in, in, in amongst that number, and I was really impressed with him. Not so much Tamori, but Mason Mount really stood out for me. Oh, you see, I, I, I thought Mason Mount was good, but I thought Tamori, who, let's face it, in any game, it's a horror show when you score an own goal like that. Off your standing foot. Not only does it look clumsy, but it looks as though you've not got your head screwed on. It happened in the first few minutes, and he's done it against his actual club. Is that why we let them pick him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it was a strange moment, wasn't it? It, it, it was. And but he came back well. I, I went with my brother, and obviously... Is I, he anything like you? He's not as good looking, and he's not as funny. So okay, no. so obviously he's much better looking and he's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and my brother, uh, Andy, doesn't like my brother like he likes, like, uh, like he likes me, so I don't know. I don't quite know what that means. I, d- I couldn't get my words out. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> sure if I should speak Italian or English. Well, let's face it, your English <laughs> is actually probably <laughs> just better than your Italian, uh, but it's a close thing. But um, I, I said to my brother, I, I was like, that, was, that goal was so championship, but we didn't know who had scored it at the time because obviously it was so far away. And then when it was tomorrow, it just added to it. But he's watching the game back. Um, he's almost laughing when he was like, can't believe he's like, like here I, I turn up, obviously it's a big deal that I'm playing at Stamford Bridge against my employers and then this goes and happens. And it was so comical. It was an awful own goal. And then when Richard Keogh scored his own goal, I, I thought it was Mason Mount for a second. I was like, God, imagine that, like both own goals from two Chelsea players. But no, it was, it was, it was an interesting game and somehow we managed to get it together and keep it together and finally you know Fabregas turned up with a goal which was actually deflected as well yeah. so there was no pure goal from Chelsea on the night yeah and it was strange at half time um, I was chatting to my cousin because he sits just a, a few rows away from you and um, we met up half time we are chatting about it and we just both said that like it was strange that there were five goals but it was a game of football that didn't suggest it should have had five goals in it and then the second half obviously goes the way these games do where it's a lot tighter and Chelsea sort of just showed their experience and saw out the win. But um, I think we really need to talk about Mason Mount. Yeah, I think we do. Um, I know that he came with an awfully big reputation and everyone was thinking, this guy, he's got something about him. And what better way to sort of announce your arrival at Chelsea by playing well for the opposition? And getting an assist. Yeah. And, and this is the benefit of, you know, I say this a lot, I, I don't know what it was like on TV watching it, but the beauty of being at the ground is that you can watch the match, but you can watch players in the game. And so I just spent some time watching him in that first half because I knew that he'd be up the other end for the second. So I watched a lot of him in that first half. And the way that he operated between the lines, and like you say, that area between uh, Cahill and Zappacosti he was getting into. And he got into that area to score, you know, for them to score their equaliser to make it 2 all. And I made the mistake of forgetting where I was. And I wasn't celebrating, but I was just appreciating good play. And I clapped. I was like, that was excellent play from Mount. And I was clapping. And then a few people around me gave me a bit of abuse because they were like, what are you doing? You, you're meant to be here supporting Chelsea. I was like, no, no, I am Chelsea. I thought I was going to get decked any second. Well, I got a phone call saying, is it right if I deck the bloke in your seat? And I went, yes. <laughs> so, so I don't know how My that brother was thing. in your seat. I was in Jackie's. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's probably why yeah. you got away with it then. Yeah. And I'm sorry to Gary's brother. What's his name? <laughs> Mason. Mason. Your brother's mm, Mason. Yeah, like Mason Mount. That, is that why you like Mason Mount? Yeah. Well, not really. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just really impressed with it. It was, it was a mature performance. And, um, yeah, Mason I remember... Hayes sounds far more... I don't know. It has such... 
import, doesn't it? It sounds it's a good sounding name as opposed to Gary with two R's. Yeah, but you know, I'm so flamboyant elsewhere that they gave me a less flamboyant name. Not at two o'clock just in the be, morning ju- at my hotel ju- door. Ju- just, not. just to be fair to everyone else. Um, but w- what? I've lost my train of thought now. With Excellent. What that was, was the idea. Oh, see, I, I remember the first time that I really saw him play live was at a youth team final. Uh, it was against Man City, one of those finals. And, and we interviewed him after the game on the pitch. And he was so, like, weedy. He was only 16, obviously, but, and it had been raining and it was cold and he was shaking, he was shivering. And even when you listen back to the audio now, you can hear him shivering in his voice. And I always thought then, like, if you're going to go anywhere, mate, you need to bulk up a bit and become more of a man. But obviously he was only 16 at the time. But you see him now that he's playing. Like that year with Vitesse has done him no end of good. And you can see now that he's on that next level that, you know, to you know, steal the, the quote from my cousin, he said that he's ready for the Premier League now. Not for Chelsea, but you could see that he would, sit, he would fit in at somewhere like Palace. You know, a side that isn't necessarily top 10, but someone who needs a player like that. Because I was just really impressed with his movement, his intelligence of play. And that's what you want to see from those players. Like Andy says it rightly that you know these players when they come and they have an opportunity, they've got to show what their value is and what you know what their talent is and how they apply themselves in a the match. And he really did that. Whereas I think Tamori, I, I wasn't. He's a good player, but I don't think he's a player that you'll see and think, yeah, he should be playing for Chelsea. Whereas I think Mount, with a bit more maturity, next year to eighteen months, I think you could see him, especially as this team evolves, maybe slotting in somewhere. No, it'd be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, he is one of those that I do think Chelsea have high hopes for. You know, we've had, you know, the, the players who've been in similar positions that we've heard they've had high hopes for have been people like Lewis Baker. Um, and he seems to have disappeared off the scene now, doesn't he? He was playing last week. He played for the Leeds under 23s. I mean, what's gone what's wrong? What's the point there? in him being on loan there? He should be doing that at Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, what has gone wrong? Mm. Do you think he's just not evolved? Because I remember you were a big fan of his. Yeah, it's a shame because he's one of those players where he, he, he played two years in Vitesse and he completely bossed you know, the Eredivisie and you just think that, that he's the sort of player that Chelsea would have been looking at. You know like they did with Marco Van Ginkel before he got his injury? that They brought him in and Baker was the sort of player that had he not been a youth team player at Chelsea, they would have been probably paying 15, 20 million for to bring in and then... You know, give him chances, and I, I, I don't know what the politics are, but and then he went to Middlesbrough, and it didn't really work out for him there. And you know, Tony Pulis took over, and he's not a Tony Pulis player, and now he's at Leeds. And it, these players, they they get some momentum, and once they get that rug rug like whipped out from underneath them, it's hard for them to come back because they haven't got the profile. And now he's struggling at a Leeds side, this top of the table under Bielsa, and doing really well. So he's going to struggle to get in that team there. So it's sort of like that he. He was a success story of the loan system and now he's sort of becoming a victim of it. He's, he's, he's outstayed his welcome, if you like. Yeah, you do need to come back at the right time yeah. and be able to then make the impact there and it just hasn't worked out, I think. But um, anyway, what we should say finally, because I think we're going to go to a break in a sec because there's a man with a big piece of scaffolding coming very close to us. Um, were we happy Is in the end with the result? No, it's just the <laughs> truth and you're going to get whacked in the head in a minute. Um, so, you know, were we happy with, with the performance on the night? Were we happy with the result? Result, yes. Yeah, it's all right. Sarri will just go, yeah, whatever. It, it, these cup games are what they are. You know, the time you want to start getting upset about them is when you get to the semis and 
you want to see the strongest team play because then the trophy's on the line. But at the moment, you've got a new manager trying to rotate his squad, learn more about his players in these matches. I would have liked to have seen Danny Drinkwater play instead of Fabregas, but we'll come on to that one. Oh, OK. Well, we'll come back to Danny Drinkwater after the break. The Chelsea is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Chelsea beer of the month. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And we're back. So, Danny Drinkwater, he's a forgotten man of Chelsea, isn't he? He is, but th- th- this is my, my, my thing with him. I'm not saying that he's better than Fabregas, but um, it's, it's interesting that after the match, um, when he did his press conference on Friday, uh, Sarri was talking about the players that aren't getting in the side. and Because uh, I don't know who's asking the questions, but he said about Drinkwater and that... Um, yeah, you know, he said Moses is better as a wing back, and we don't play wing backs, so he'll probably leave soon. He's not a right back; he's not a winger. You know, sort of like that hybrid player. And he said Drinkwater, he's not got a problem with him, but he's not an individual midfielder. But but then at the same time, he's saying my job: I don't want to go into the January transfer window because I want to make my players better. And I just think, well, you've got a thirty-five million pound investment from Chelsea. There. You've got a player who's earning a hundred thousand pounds a week, and you just put him on the bench to make the numbers up. Go out in these games that don't mean much and try to get him to play your way of football because you never know. You might unearth a player if you coach him properly. Well, look at, look at what's happened with Ross Barkley. You know, I know a lot of people who are writing him off before the season started and he seems to become a, a, a better player yeah. already You know, with Sarri with his arm around him. But Sarri strikes me as one of those people that I think he likes to give everyone an opportunity but he makes his mind up quite quickly. Look at what happened with Bakayoko. I mean, Bakayoko, everyone said, oh, well, there's no way he'll go out on loan. He's £42 million. He's gone. He's not for me. But the interesting thing with Bakayoko is that he definitely is a midfield two because his style, he's not a passer of the ball, but he's not a goal scorer and he's not a creator. He's sort of... I don't know what he is. That's why he's here in Milan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what he is. But uh, but then, you know, you saw his debut against Spurs and we all had high hopes for him on the back of that because he did strike me as a bit of Essien at the time. But... um, I just think like drink water he's not on the on a par with Jorginho but he he sort of played a similar role to that at Leicester where Kante was the ball winner drink water was the guy who got rid of it and I just think that I'm not saying he'll do a great job at you know being brought in to to do that but I think that if you've got a player that's 35 million pounds that you know fair play to him he's not going to go why should he leave when he's got an amazing contract at Chelsea He's got his dream move. It's up to Chelsea to get rid of him, given you know, the package to leave. It's not up to him to say, I want to do right by the club and leave here, even though they paid £35 million for me. So I just look at him and think, look, give him some chances. You might, I know, if you don't, you don't. But you know, just give him a chance. You know what it is. You know what Fabregas is. You know what Fabregas brings to a team. You know what you can do. In these matches where really Chelsea should still be winning, especially at home, just give these players a chance. Yeah, I I, th- I don't think it's going to work out for him. I, I'm it worried. Probably isn't. But you know, he he appears about one in every ten games, even on the bench. On the bench, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that's the point, though. So just give him ninety minutes and say, "This is how I want you to play." The, what we've been doing in training, apply that in a match. But, yeah, okay. Well, this t- takes me on to a point where, which we were talking about earlier, that you know, sometimes people say, "Why isn't a player in the side? 
Why isn't a player on the bench at least? And you say to me earlier today when we were talking about other players that it's about how they train. We don't see how they train. And maybe the manager doesn't like the way he trains. But by all accounts, he's well-liked around the club. He's well-respected. He's a nice person. No one's got a problem with him. It's just that he's not deemed to be good enough, which is fine. But I just think, look, we've, this squad is still evolving. There's still places up for grabs in the squad. So while you've got a £35 million player there that's doing nothing, use him in the Carabao Cup and see what you get out of him. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for Drinkwater because I, I think he's got a little bit about him that perhaps could be utilised. And the other person I feel sorry for that you mentioned earlier for, and, and why he's not getting in is, is Victor Moses. I think, you know, we thought at the beginning of the season Moses and Alonso would be the ones to suffer. And actually Alonso has turned into something else. He's adapted and, and Victor, sadly, I think no matter what he does, is not going to be right for the way we play. So you know, just victims of circumstance, really. Which, which victims of circumstance. Uh, but, but and, and that happens to football clubs, doesn't it? You know, and I think for Drinkwater, he's, he, he signed for us injured, and then he couldn't get fit, and then because they kept rushing him back, and then when he got fit, he he had to sort of settle into a team that was struggling, and it didn't really work out for him. Then the manager changes, and he inherits that poor form if you like yeah so anyway we, we move on to to the weekend and uh home game against palace <laughs> our bogey side i don't know what it is about palace doesn't matter how bad they're playing doesn't matter where they are in the league it's a tough old grind against them and in a lot of ways it was a bit like that on sunday i mean uh, we returned to the to the normal side really um but we had ross barkley coming in um and actually, I think Ross had probably his worst game for a long time. It was, a, yeah. It, I thought they might hook him at half-time because he did lose the ball a lot, didn't he? I don't know what the stats are, but... It wasn't even losing it, it was passing to, yeah, you know... Yeah, yeah, and you could see when he got bought off that he was frustrated with himself. But, you know, players have those matches. Yeah, and, you know, we had Pedro and William alongside Morata. Morata, for me, people say, oh, he's starting to score some goals. For me, the reason why he's starting to score goals is finally we're starting to notice the runs he makes. Yeah. And this has been a bugbear of mine and yours for most of the last season and a bit. Yeah, and, and you feel for it. And, you know, talk about, you know, we're talking about drink water players that are struggling that haven't really done what we thought they might. Morata, a case in point. But what Morata's got is youth on his side because I think he's still only 24, isn't he? 24, 25. Yeah. But, you know, we said it, there's a player in there. And when he gets those opportunities and he's got the confidence, he scores goals. Now, he's maybe a bit too instinctive that when he gets an opportunity where he's got to think about what he's doing he, he doesn't necessarily perform well but you know a player in and around the box that's what you want the snapshots you know the ball comes to him he, he sort of miscontrols it but then actually sets himself up perfectly for the first goal and then he's in the right place at the right time to, to score the third yeah oh, sorry I, to score the second sorry second yeah and the third was the one that didn't happen and you know I think there that was the glory moment the game was won he went through and he thought I'll do the super cool chip over a nine-foot keeper because yeah. Wayne Hennessy's one of the biggest keepers around and got it horribly wrong. And but that's, he's confident though. You see that, and he shows exactly. a player that's got confidence. It, it was funny because Andy was was saying what he loved about that moment, and Andy's very pro Morata at the moment. And um, he was saying what he loved was when the whistle went, Morata just stood with his hands on his knees for about two minutes really cross with himself and he said I like that that shows he cares that he missed if, if he's this man who doesn't care that he's at Chelsea he just walks off doesn't he but also a striker just goes yeah you know what I've done my bit I've got two goals he's going look I'm a striker I want to get hat-tricks yeah. no, hat-tricks I... are my meat and drink 
obviously, you know, maybe his tapas and whatever but yeah, yeah. yeah. well anyway it sent him off nicely to paris <laughs> to, and he to did, use he, a brexit analogy he, but he obviously was happy because he instagrammed some lovely pictures from paris of him kissing his missus in front of the eiffel tower and but th- and this is the thing though is that because he's a a cultural sort of player a player that appreciates you know that he's a bit like one matter in that he He'll go somewhere. He'll go. He'll go to holidays. That I oh know. Obviously, it's Paris. It's Paris. It's cliche, but you know, he'll go somewhere and absorb where he is. That for some reason, people look down on him for that. You know, like he put the video up of him, you know, um, hair blow drying his girlfriend's hair, and the abuse that he got for it. And people judge him as a footballer on stuff like that. And I'm just like, give over. You know, you're telling me you haven't blow dried your your wife's hair. I blow dried my own hair. It's like, come on. <laughs> I pluck my own eyebrows. <laughs> do you? No, not. There's still a I, mess. I, I get Louise to do that, but I <laughs> use I use eye roller to get rid of my bags. <laughs> do you? You know, I use Regain to make sure that my hairline doesn't recede. <laughs> then how the hell do you look like this? Yeah, that's why it took me two hours to come down this morning <laughs> oh for breakfast. Oh my god! I, I have to say, your timekeeping is so bad. You know, whatever you say, it's. A, I, I reckon you got Spanish blood in you. Because the Spanish are late for everything, but you understand. Like the Italians with this, these, these stands well, we're sat in. Well, I just, I actually, not being funny, as an aside, I just, when we were coming over here to do the interview, I heard two of the um, guys who were working and obviously the manager or whatever, and one of them said, do you really think we'll start at two? And the other guy said, yeah, I think it's possible. Well, I'm looking at the clock, the countdown clock, and it says 42 minutes before play starts, and there's not a single fan that's been allowed to enter the the no. venue let alone the grandstand no exactly so so in, in the end palace um there's a couple of things that uh, somebody texted me to say they thought that kepper was at fault for the goal and i thought it was a bit harsh any ball that ends ends up on the inside side panel of the net is usually a pretty decent shot isn't it yeah well, it was a good finish what, what i liked about what townsend did there is that i, I don't see how kepper's at fault i'm trying to work it out like because Townsend took a shot early, and when you see the, the replay from behind Townsend, you can see that Kepper's just getting himself set, and he's not set as that shot gets taken. And that's not because it's bad goalkeeping, it's just that Townsend's broken through from that ball from MacArthur, and he's taken one shot and then hit it. You know, and they're just, that's what they say to strikers, sorry, one touch and shot. And that's what they say to strikers and finishers is that take the shot early because the keeper's not set, and when the keeper's not set, Reactions might be the same, but he can't get down as quick or he can't, you know, extend yeah. as much. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I'm still not sure what kind of goalkeeper he is, but the moment he came out and passed brilliant. that ball... absolutely brilliant. That, that just made me think, you have got something about you immediately. I mean, it was just fantastic. That pass out to the right, wasn't it? Yeah. And we were in action. And that's what he's bought for, isn't it? And, and this is going back to the Courtois debate, you know, and before... It was official that he was a rat. It was something I was saying in that he was a re- he's a relic of a goalkeeper and he's not ideal for what Chelsea are trying to do um, or you know, trying to achieve as a team, and Kepper is. And I don't know whether Kepper is a better goalkeeper than Courtois, but that doesn't matter. He's a better fit for Chelsea. OK, well, you know, the, the other thing I would say is if anyone was at fault for the goal maybe David Luiz and, and Luiz has mistakes in him doesn't he and he's dropped a couple of big rickets most games yeah, at the moment but, but he plays so much positive stuff I'm, I'm not 
I'm not trying to just stick up for players needlessly, but sometimes players aren't a f- goals happen from good play. Yeah. And the way that MacArthur picks out that quick pass to Townsend, it's just good attacking play. Yeah. And you know whether you're you know we we're not looking at the two goals that Morata and Ped, uh, you know the two goals Morata scored and Pedro's goal, saying oh yeah and that's this player's fault or Palace. No, we're putting it down to good forward play from Chelsea and it was just good forward play from Palace. Okay, on a positive note, for me, Pedro was fantastic. What I loved about Pedro, he started the game well. He got lost for about 20 minutes in the second half and then he came good again yeah. and he was suddenly, it was almost like we brought him on, you know, when yeah, sometimes yeah. he comes on and he races through. But I think he things. plays better with Hazard. Yeah, I think I think so. that's what it is. And I think William plays worse with Hazard. Yeah. That's my thinking. I yeah. think they don't quite work. William and Pedro are okay. William and Hazard are okay, uh, are not so okay. Pedro and Hazard are okay. Yeah, I think, and I think that's our best inside forward partnership of Hazard and Pedro. Yeah. Just because Pedro's got more of an end product and that he turns up and does what he did on Sunday, whereas William would have been a little bit further back because he's sort of not being proactive. Yeah, and, and for me also, when Kovacic came on, you just see a guy, I mean, he's sublime, isn't he? I mean, he doesn't miss time his passes. He is always moving, mm. and he's always just moving the needs ball. Needs to score more goals. Yeah, well, that's it. that's a drawback. You know, um, there's nothing really we can do about that. But he looks like a class act. Oh yeah, he is. He is. I just think that that midfield three. I sound like a broken record, but <sighs> I don't agree with you about Kante. There's I a square Kante... peg in there, and no. it needs to be addressed. I don't agree. I think Kante be is addressed. getting better and better in that position. I think well, he's starting to do something. No, he's, he's he's like Gallas at left back. No. He'll do a job, but he's not Ashley Cole. No, I'm going to stand up to you, Gary. I think Kante's going to be all right in that role. I think he's starting to make it his own. No. I, I, do. I, I, I was disappointed with him, especially when you're playing Palace and they're so deep and you've got to play through them. And he was getting the ball and he just... He's just not skillful enough to play that. You know. But then in saying that, Barkley had a really bad game himself. So maybe if you had played Barkley, Kovacic and Jorginho that you wouldn't have got much more joy but I just it's almost like he's a World Cup winner so he's getting in the team nah, I, just don't. I, I, th- I think he's doing it uh, I know I know, and I, think it's, I know it's not a popular opinion but I just don't feel comfortable when I see it no, I'm, I'm more comfortable now than I have been I think the last couple of games he's played there I think he's looked better but um, anyway we should move on because the crowds are starting to come in um, we should just go for well this uh, this week we have Bate Borisov away in the Europa League. Mm, I said it'd be one 0 last time we played him. That was at home. Mm. I said four 0 and it well it's three one, so there was four goals. I was pretty close. Um, was oh, it, I, wasn't it four one? No, it's three one. Um, so long ago now. Yeah, I know. But I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a tougher game. Um, uh, what do you what's your prediction for that? 2-1 to Chelsea FC. Okay. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Chelsea FC. Um, and I think it'll be a tough old game and we'll get two in the last 20 minutes. So there you go. I don't care because I just want to watch some tennis. Okay. Well, lastly, Everton at home. Oh, I forgot. When you said that, I was like... Oh. Yeah, well... Yeah, I'm going to that game as well, actually. Yeah, you are. Um, because we're recording a live podcast after. Well, I, I was just going to do that afterwards. Oh. Um, I think we will win that game 4 0. 4 0? And it'd be like a it'd be reminiscent of when we tore them to shreds when Kuman was manager <laughs> and we were just getting to grips with the 3 4 3. Okay, I don't feel that 
confident. I think it's going to be 2 0. Richarlison will be a threat, but I think we'll, we'll give He's him a pace. He's not finished yet, is he, as a player? Yeah, I think we'll give him a pace then. Okay, well, that sounds good to me. And yes, um, we are doing next week's podcast on Sunday live for Dave Johnston's um, old uh, CFC UK birthday party, which is at the Atlas Pub um, just round the back of West Brompton. So uh, I'm not sure how you get tickets, but or whether you just turn up. Anyway, crash the party. That's well, what I you say. Just, just tweet Dave at oh, at only a pound. Yeah, and, and he'll, he'll have all the he'll have all the information. Will Dave? Hurry hurry up. Up. I bumped into him after the derby game as well. Actually, he was outside. All I had was only a pound. Uh, and I was oh like, oh no, Dave. <laughs> That was, a, that was a really good impression again. I know. That's a new one. All right, mate, it's Dave. Uh, okay, that's Dave. I really hope Dave he Dave has that. many accents. He does have many accents. All right, well, look, Gary, thanks for uh, chatting uh, about Chelsea. Um, this is us saying goodbye from, um, from uh, Milan, from the Next Gen Tournament. That was out. That ball was out. Definitely. Don't you think, Gary? Looked into me. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. It's a bit like your Kante <laughs> thoughts, isn't it? Bleak Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Ciao, bellas. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.